Hello, everyone, and welcome to Data Femme, where we engage you with stories of how innovators across the globe are using data to achieve new heights in their respective industries. I'm Danielle, founder of Decayo Data, and I'm here with Laura Gray, who is the head of people and operations at Plotly. You'll remember Plotly as the leader in the creation of data visualization and open source tools that can be used across many languages, such as Python, R, and even JavaScript. They have sponsored two episodes this season of Data Femme, including this one. If you haven't listened to the episode with Emmanuel Guillard, please go back and listen to that as well. Both these women are fantastic guests. And no matter who you are, data science or not, you will be interested in this episode as we discuss the future of work and how to manage kids at home during the pandemic and most of all, how to hire effectively and fairly across all of our organizations. Well, hey, Laura, it's so great to have you here. Why don't you tell me a bit about how you found Plotly and your role there, and if you have any experience with working with data? Yeah, so I don't have um, a specifically data science background. What drew me to Plotly was I really enjoyed the founders when I met them. Uh, they were doing cool things and they had pretty big dreams for creating. Uh, world-class company. So I, I think it was the opportunity that attracted me to Plotly. There was only about six employees when I started, and then we, qu we quickly grew to about 10 people. Um, and it was exciting to be part of something being built. There was nowhere to go but up. So um, I really enjoyed the idea of solving problems and having an impact on the way this company was evolving and what it would become in the future. So I think that's what attracted me to it. Awesome. Awesome to hear. Well, have you learned a little bit more even about data since joining Plotly and interacting with the rest of the team? Um, I have learned quite a bit. I have worked with data in the past in a more NGO type environment. I have a degree in international relations, so we studied conflict trends around the world and we released an annual report on those trends that would be viewed by orgs like the UN and stuff. So my data or my work with data kind of was capped at that. So joining Plotly, I've had the opportunity to learn more about data science, um, the whole market that we that we're in and our competitors. I work with really interesting team members with diverse backgrounds. Not all of them come from a computer science or, or a development background. We have a lot of scientists on our team. So yeah, I, I think the reasons I joined Plotly in the beginning have been the rewards that I've reaped thus far for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, Plotly, I've been such a fan of Plotly for forever, not only for their tools as a data science person, but also their branding and everything. Um, 
You mentioned that the advantages of working for a small company um, are, you know, you have more influence. Are there any others? Are there any other um, advantages towards working at a smaller company versus a larger company that you've noticed particularly? I like the closeness of our team. I mean, we're about 50 people now, and I still feel like we have the ability to um, have a lot of fun together. We used to have pre-COVID uh, weekly lunches together, and it was a really nice time for the team to bond um, and talk about not plotly uh, topics. So I think that might be lost a little bit in larger companies is the bonding that's kind of cross-team, cross-department. But definitely the main thing, I think, is getting to work on a number of projects um, that are not necessarily my specialty. I think that's my favorite thing about working at Plotly. If there's a problem that needs to be solved or um, a new tool that needs to be found, I can dive in and try to solve that problem or find that tool. There's not a ton of uh, red tape or people telling me, no, you should focus on this. That's not your job. It's not the culture here at Plotly. We can really dive into new projects and explore. People operations at Plotly is a fairly new department. Um, so I, I have a lot of opportunity here to kind of create our priorities and drive where we're spending our efforts. And we've been at this for about a year and a half now. And the need for more and more data, data-driven decisions, uh, is arising for people operations as well as the rest of the company. So that's actually a large part of my role now is thinking about how can we um, collect certain data, certain statistics on our team, um, and how can we use this data to inform our senior leadership, inform our board, and make strategic decisions based off of it. So this is something that I consider quite exciting. It's fairly new using data this way for me. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing more of that in my role. Yeah, I think it's really cool to hear that there are so many opportunities at organizations these days to get involved with data because you don't have to necessarily be an expert in R or SQL or Python to really interact with a company's data and contribute in that way. But I want to switch gears a little bit to talk about your passion for making an organization a productive and supportive space for new parents. That's something that we talked about when we were setting up this show. So I definitely want to hear more about your advocacy in that area. Yeah, definitely. I feel like new parents don't get enough love and understanding from society in general because your, your world is completely changed when you have a baby and both society and your employer often expect you to bounce back to normal at some point. And at least for me, that never really happened. For a lot of parents I know as well, you can't really return back to the way you were and work the way you did when you have these new pressures and stresses in your life, competing for your time and your energy. Um, 
it's really a complete shift in how we go about our lives. And I think the employers need to approach that with an understanding too, that that person's work will also be affected by this in ways that we don't know yet. But at the end of the day, we, we know that growth and evolution in people's lives is going to happen. It's valuable. It changes people's perspectives and experiences. And there's a lot to gain through that. Absolutely. And from a point of observation, not having any kids myself, I have noticed that a lot of employers, when they're hiring on, not a pregnant woman yet, but just a woman, it's almost like they think that having a woman who might become a mother is a liability. So that's something that has always bothered me about career advancement or lack thereof for women is the assumption that somebody's work will be changed because they're a mother and that that makes them at all times a less valuable employee. Um, So I'd love your thoughts on how employers can remove that toxicity from their environments. Unfortunately, a lot of companies do view it as a risk. So hiring women in associate roles um, can be viewed as a risk because you are assuming that at some point they'll want to have a family and take the time off. But I feel like it should really be viewed as a given and it should be split evenly. I mean, at least in Canada, it's very, very common now for both partners to take, um, or both parents to take time off after having a child. and they'll often split the parental leave that's available through the government. I think this can be built into planning and policies and procedures in a better way that's more supportive and encouraging to new parents who find that they they do want to take that time off for themselves and their family. There's still a lot that a company can do when those parents take the time. They can communicate that they value the work that employees are putting in Uh, They value them coming back, and they are supportive of their needs when they come back. I think that's probably was one of the most important things for me. It's incredibly life-changing and all-consuming when you have the child, and to know that you have an employer who is reserving your role for you and who is supportive of your decisions and when you decide to return is is extremely valuable. Well, in data science, we talk a lot about privacy. And so my next thought is, how is that trade-off going to look like? Because obviously, to support new parents in their very unique and individual situations, that would require, at least at first, for new parents to open up about their personal lives and their personal needs as it comes to their family. And I'm not sure, hypothetically, that I would want to do that. Um, I also know that though single parents are a huge portion of the workforce, I think don't know if the stigma about not having that two-person down-home American family 
is necessarily gone. And so I was wondering if you feel like there's a way to protect new parents and their situations and really cater to them like we've been talking about without compromising too much of employees' comfort and sharing about their personal lives, if that makes sense. So for me at Plotly, it's not necessary that we have the details on their situation and we would never push for that. It's more of a mindset of what can the company offer to these people? So flex time is huge. Um, managers, I, I mean, I push that all managers don't expect that new parents will work exactly the same that they did before they had the baby. Um, their hours might look different. Their energy will seem different. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think they're putting any less work in. It's more that it's being funneled into the job in different ways. Um, and if and if these employees don't want to share the details of their situation, that's fine. I think we can still offer what we want to offer. For example, one of our policies is that we offer a salary top-up. So the provinces in Canada all offer um, parental leave to the mother, and I believe all of them now offer it to the father as well. The parents can choose to split that time as they wish. And so at Plotly, we've um, implemented a policy where we'll offer a bit of top-up on top of the government benefit. Well, that sounds like a great solution. Thank you for answering that question. And I do have another one coming for you. So I don't know the statistics really globally, um, and I know it would be a non-uniform average, but at least in our circles, it seems that millennials are less likely to have a traditional family, whatever that means, and might be either postponing having kids or not interested in even marrying or finding one partner. So how do you think that affects um, the environment for new parents at work? I don't know. Hearing that as head of people, um, I wouldn't really change anything that I'm doing because of that. I think that new parents are just one of many diverse groups. Um, and it's best when we are developing policies to consider the needs of each group. And new parents will still remain um, a rather large group if we're looking at all of them. And so I think it still should be a priority for companies. I feel like I know many women who have decided not to have kids, or men too. They just decide not to have families and they're okay with that. I think that's sort of a generational change that we're seeing. Um, and I think it's great. I, I think if people can make these decisions based on their own desires and their own goals for themselves, then that's wonderful. And it's also wonderful that the pressure is no longer there for a lot of people. Um, to feel that they do need to have a family to be complete. I think COVID too has changed a lot for people. I, I have one friend I'm in contact with a lot here in Montreal and she's obviously a single female and her life has been turned upside down, like dating 
is pretty much non-existent and I, I mean I can't even imagine how difficult it is. I feel you there but somehow people are still doing it like I have people come visit me in New Orleans and they're still making all sorts of romantic connections just organically but you know then again, that is New Orleans for you. But um, turning big picture, you and I have talked about what goes into building a mindful culture. Um, what does that mean to you at Plotly and why should other companies adopt that mission? I think firstly, you need to allow or give the ability to a team to look at these issues. Um, I I'm pretty confident saying that most companies can improve significantly. And so they need to give a team or a person even the ability to look at these issues and the time to look at these issues. So that means first acknowledging that you can do better, um, affording the time and resources to see how you can do better, and asking the right questions. I think there's a lot we can draw from our own employees in most cases on how we can improve uh, different policies or different practices. And they can be really small, uh, just like meeting uh, etiquette all the way up to you know company policies. Um, so asking the right questions and then allowing for the answers to be heard and allowing the answers to inform how you make the changes. Um, and then iterating again if needed. But I think once you collect the information, once you ask the questions, it's best to be prepared to use the information you collect to inform your decisions going forward. Otherwise, there's no clear um, accountability, I guess, that you're, that you're asking for this information for important purposes. We don't want to lose the trust or the buy-in of the people you're asking. We're definitely making improvements and we're aware of the situation here at Plotly. We're trying to gather more information from our employees where we can too. Um, but we have a lot of work to do and one example is something we came across a couple weeks ago. We've hired a lot of interns in the past couple years. Unfortunately due to COVID we couldn't hire interns this year but next year we hope to and we realized that we were recruiting from a very select number of universities in Canada. We started with the two major universities in Montreal and we expanded to a couple larger universities across the country and posted on their job boards and collected resumes and everything but we were filtering out a large number of the population. Um, we weren't even posting our Intern app, our intern job posts on the sites and job boards of smaller schools, of CEGEPs here in Quebec, and colleges across the country. We were literally eliminating the all of those students from applying to our internships. So I think next year we'll do a much better job at posting our posts across the country on different levels of organizations. Because if we just target the elite universities, then we're eliminating, you know, most of the population. Agreed. Um, I think hiring managers and content creators alike deal with this. You can't just post a generic message on LinkedIn and expect a diverse pool of talent to respond because 
oftentimes people from underrepresented groups assume that people aren't interested in hearing their story. And that's because of years of subordination. And if companies want to make that better, they have to do the extra work of really improving that access issue and personally engaging with different communities like you at Plotly are doing. And it's not enough to just hope that somebody new might come your way. That's not the way to be inclusive these days. It is not enough. Exactly. And I think that kind of goes back to affording certain people at the company to think deeply on these issues. Because without the thought of exactly how and where do we reach these diverse groups, um, then they could be completely missed. There, for hiring, for example, there's so many job boards around the U.S. and less in Canada, but we are, we are finding them, um, that target certain communities. And you, you just have to look and then, you know, work the job posts, maybe the language, um, the description of the role, kind of make it more appealing with less masculine language, for example. There's even apps that do that now. Um, so just put in that extra bit of work and companies really have a lot of power here, in my opinion, to kind of move the dial. And I think that we should all be doing that if we can. Like with the opportunity and with the privilege we have, we need to also acknowledge our responsibility here. And so part of the work, part of this this work that I'm trying to do that other heads of people are probably trying to do too, is actually make up for some of those historical inequities. So we are going the extra mile. We are doing a bit of extra work, but that is our responsibility, um, in my view, to, to do that, to make up for some of these historical practices. And so I think that is also a mindset shift or understanding that um, has to occur at some companies. Um, many will maybe view the extra resources needed or extra time needed as as not um, as valuable as something else. To truly make a dent here, to truly make an impact, I do believe we have to come at it from that point of view. Well, we are in Libra season for a few more days, and Libra is all about achieving balance. So I would love to know your advice for my audience who may be thinking about having kids or are already new parents, what advice would you give them for finding that balance in their careers? Yeah, I think something I really struggled with, and I still do today, is defining what success looks like for me. So I think rather than trying to be perfect at everything, um, which is not possible, and you can either accept that in the beginning or kind of learn the hard way. But um, I think defining success and what that means for you at a certain point in time, um, what that means for your family, for example, and your career, that might help set kind of the bar for where you're going and where you want to be. Um, managing expectations is important. I think also speaking up and voicing your needs 
I know this is really hard, but without us doing that, it might be the case that no one else is also, and then things won't improve. So I think wherever possible to speak about your needs and what could be changed to help you in certain ways, um, whether that's working at different hours or working more efficiently or spreading the workload, perhaps. Um, just kind of talking about it and normalizing it, I think, would would help in the long run. I think it's important for all companies, no matter what sector, to approach these issues and these problems with an open mind and making the space for the questions to be asked and the answers to be given. I think the, the more voices we have contributing to these questions and helping with the answers is, is going to be what makes the difference. And it'll take companies asking, but also people willing to share. Indeed. And speaking of sharing, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and experience with me today on DataFem. I hope that my listeners have learned as much from this conversation as I have. And if you're curious to know how you can support DataFem further, visit patreon.com slash DataFem to hear about all the little quirky prizes I have for you. If you want to know more about Plotly, who sponsored this episode, you can visit Plotly.com to see all of their new cool features and products. And I'm sure you'll have a wonderful time looking around until you hear from me next week. Yeah.